Hello and welcome to PostgreSQL, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I am Michael, founder of PG Mustard. This is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Let's continue discussion about UUIDs. I chose this topic because I recently implemented something myself and also because some of my customers raised this again. So I think many people still have questions. I had, was it a solo recording about yep. UAD? Okay, it was a solo, solo episode. But uh, obviously, I have fresh things to discuss, and uh, you also have something to discuss. So let's, let's uh, return to this topic and uh, be more practical this time and uh, think about really, really large data sets and how to work with them more efficiently. It means partitioning. UAD plus partitioning. Yeah. So that's what you looked into this. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about only partitioning. We are not sharing experts, so let's do only about partitioning. But I would say, actually, I think it's it's important to mention that one of the big benefits of UUIDs in general is that they do they they suit a setup where you're generating IDs in multiple places. So it, it is a natural fit. Um, in terms of topic, so but basically you ditch you ditch sequences. I think this lets you. I think some of the advancements we're seeing in UUIDs, uh, some of the new implementations, some of the new standards, mean that we don't have the drawbacks that typically come up in discussions of big serial versus uh, UUID or ULID, as as they're often called if they're sortable. So, yeah, you were looking never, into this. Never, ever integer four primary keys. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully people know that now. You were looking into it for partitioning recently then. So what, what was the use case? So use case was our chatbot, a new AI chatbot we develop, and we needed to have a storage for all communication which happens in public channel because we have paid version, we have free version, and free version obviously is recorded and shareable. So basically we created chats table and uh, I originally used the big int uh, primary keys and then I was uh, ashamed by my team members saying that... Uh, Come on, we need to use a timescale there, first of all. And also, like, numbers in URL is not looking great. We need some better ideas to, to, to have there. Is this because they would be guessable, or is it, like, is it a security thing or something else? Uh, good question. I have a long history about this. So I remember my first social networks, we tried to hide the actual number of posts and users we have. Mm-hmm. But then competitor was released and they don't care about it. They didn't care about it. And then I also started to not, not to care about it. It's okay to have some numbers in URL and share actual numbers with everyone. But here I just think maybe it will be maybe share a sharded uh, data set in the future. So I don't want to have sequences. And also maybe I don't want to share actual numbers. I don't know. Like it's, it's one of things where you're not fully sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm kind of okay to share numbers, right? So for example, we generate 50 to 100 messages per day with this bot. P- people are using, we have 72 people joined the program, many more waiting, waiting in, in like wait list. 
uh, it's not a lot of <laughs> not a lot at all but obviously it will explode soon i think so <laughs> so and maybe i don't want competitors to see actual numbers but maybe I, like i i don't know 50-50 here sure. because i had experience in both cases i had experience sharing numbers i had experience hiding numbers and we used two pri- prime numbers to have not actual random but kind of ran- random if you take sequence and multiply it by a very large integer and then take a modulo of with another integer and these two integers should be mutually prime in this case you have like rotational without collisions you have like kind of random numbers but they are not actually random <laughs> and uh, nobody knows your actual actual id number so this is how you can hide growth rates and actual number of uh, your like business metrics and so on, like how many posts or comments or anything you have in your social network, for example. Again, it's not my my main reason. I just think, okay, we need to use a UID probably. And then the team said, we also need to to partition it. We already use timescale DB. Let's just use it. And then I, I think, okay, obviously I want my indexes behave well. If I use regular UID version 4, for example, uh, supported by Postgres currently, uh, I know we will have performance issues because numbers are, are going to very different random places of the B3 index. Not purely random, but any insert disturbs some arbitrary part of index. And this is not good for, good for performance, especially also if you want to show last 25 items, for example, ordered by time, creation time. Yeah, you will deal with a lot of more buffers than you should deal with. And a lot more for right-ahead logging, right? The you know Because your full-page images for different parts of the index each yeah, time yeah, instead yeah. of... Well, B-trees are uh, very optimized for adding things to the, to the end, to the right side continuously, right, like right, timestamps. Right. And UIDs don't fit that pattern at all. Right. But that takes us on to, I guess, some of the newer... Uh, Right. So I, I, and since we also had a, a, a session on Postgres TV YouTube channel with uh, Kirk and Andre, I think it's Kirk who brought this topic. Uh, let's uh, implement ULID mm-hmm. uh, in Postgres and uh, we, using Andre's hands. We usually use Andre's hands because he's a true hacker in, in those sessions. And he implemented very quite quickly some patch, sent it to hackers and quite Soon we realized there is already ongoing proposal of RFC change to support version 7, version 8 of UUID. And Andre renamed the patch from ULID to UUID version 7. And uh, then it was blocked by the idea, let's wait until the standard is finalized and fully approved. Right? You you read this uh, thread. Uh, there's also idea. Let's uh, just avoid naming version seven uh, c- completely. And well, I thought that was a really neat. Yeah, I thought that was a really neat solution. So ultimately, what we want in well, what you want, what I would like, I think what lots of people would like is a function within Postgres to generate things that can be put in a, a column of type UUID, but that when we generate new ones based on a timestamp, they are sorted uh, and increased over time. 
So that comes with loads of benefits for updating B trees and some other benefits that you mentioned already. Now, there are some new definitions of or new specifications for UUIDs coming down the pipe that would suit those perfectly. But somebody made a really good point. I think it was Andres Freund from Microsoft. And one of the first replies that Andre got was, we could just name the function uh, along the lines of what it does rather than UUID v7. So it could, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but they came up with something very sensible, I'm sure. And um, yeah, that seemed really smart to me because then even if the spec changes for v7, it doesn't matter. We can implement those later or have different functions for those, but this one could still be useful to users earlier before the spec finalizes, before everything else gets agreed. So yeah, I like that as a suggestion, but it, uh, I, I think it either got lost or people are very happy waiting another year. Well, it's just because it looks like uh, RFC is uh, makes good progress and it should be finalized. It's still not finalized. I've checked it like a couple of days ago. Uh, it's not finalized. But but let's explain once again what we want. Mm -hmm. We want to take uh, good things from both worlds. Uh, growing integers, right? Which, uh, if you order them, actually completely... If you if you have, for example, a regular approach, you have ID and created at. Created at is 16 bytes and ID is 8 bytes. If you use 4 bytes, you will still use 8 bytes because of alignment paging. We know it. So, and if you just insert and created at is just now and you insert just one row per, uh, per transaction or you, ha you have clock timestamp instead of now. In this case, you can insert many rows. So, uh, the order of IDs and created at values will be the same. You can order yep. by ID desk limit 25 or you can order by credit at desk limit 25 same and this is good this is good, good benefit and it's also good for performance because of locality of data yeah uh, rows created in inside the same second go in, in probably in one or two pages only like very it's packed not distributed sparsely right and uh, UID is good because it doesn't re uh, require any sequences. You can generate it using thousands of nodes. This is a name, like UID, universally unique ID, right? But they go into different places of B3 and you cannot order by them. You cannot order by them. This is the main problem. In right? like version four of the specification. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm talking about current yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. And also with RFC, it's still not finalized. So it's also current situation if you don't use drafts, right? And this is problem. And we have good uh, blog posts from Shopify. It's my sequel, but it's, it's very good. They explain uh, economical benefits from switching to different yeah. type of UID, newer type of UID. And uh, also Hussein, Hussein Nasser, sorry, yeah. I pronounced the name right. Uh, and on YouTube explaining very well for backend engineers. Uh, this Shopify case and why better version of UID is, is really better. He explains it very well. Very, very well. Like uh, his explanation is, uh, can, anyone can understand this now, right? Maybe better Let, than I just explained, right? Let's link it up. And in, I've got, I've yeah. actually pulled out the quote, a quote from that Shopify blog post. It said, in, in one high throughput system, they saw a 50% decrease in insert statement duration by switching from UID v4 to ULID uh, 
for some And you can case. order by them. If you want uh, to, like uh, 25 latest posts, you need to order by, right? Otherwise, yeah, if, yeah. even if you don't need those, even if you don't need that, there could be significant in, uh, benefits because of Let, the Let's, let's slowly move to partitioning. Yeah. If you, true, if true, you true. don't have an orderable ID and you rely on created ad column, or you can have index on created ad, you can order by uh, and using index scan on that. Okay, it's okay. Not perfect situation because you will have much more, many more buffer numbers in the plan, right? Because mm -hmm. you fetch from random places. But if you want to partition such table, in the URL, you have UUID, right? How to find which partition to deal with? You could do like hash partitioning. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I want to partition by time, I forgot to say. I want to partition by time because older data is used less often. And, right? you put, and maybe like you want to phase it out over time. Maybe you don't even like, yeah. you might want I to eventually so. drop. Yeah, exactly. Or move to different table space. It's not super popular solution, of course. Also, there are there are some ideas to be able to move it to object storage, uh, which is only supported in timescale cloud. I I think at one day it should be possible with regular vanilla Postgres. I think I read about another provider doing it recently too. Interesting. Send me a link. I'm very interested yeah, in learning about it. I think moving older partitions, time-based partitions, like our old data, like two years old, moving to mm -hmm, object mm -hmm. storage, eventually moving towards like bottomless Postgres, right? Uh, it would be great. But uh, back to our, our question. Yeah. In URL, you have blah, blah, blah. In our case, Postgres guy slash chat slash some UID. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand which partition to deal with. In our case, it's timescale DB. How to tell timescale DB which partition it is? If it's regular UID, I think it's nightmare <laughs> well need, i saw yeah. i saw the update and the the reply you got from was it james soul at time couple of guys replied from timescale nice. company thank, thank i i'm like i'm I, I really appreciate it but it was about already this sortable uid yeah version 7 oh, this okay. already solved this yeah. recipe i i have in this postgres marathon uh it's recorded and I implemented it my own way. It was not efficient. And they just provided very good advice how to do it much more elegant, elegantly, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I have it covered in my small article. So ULID, it's similar to UID version 7 or 8. ULID, it's, it's uh, actually, it should be UULID because it's universally uh, unique, le lexographically audible or something sort yeah, sort yeah or. probably like u-u-l-s-i-d but i yeah, i like something i special. admire the people that came up with ulid it's nice and simple and unique i guess we we are about to abandon this abbreviation at all and just use uh, uid version 7 or 8 because of the standard Maybe or maybe in the future we'll just say UUID because I don't. There might not be that many benefits to using the random ones. Yeah, sure, you get extra uniqueness, like you get more bits assigned to the uniqueness part. But we already have so many. Like uh, I was looking it up for version seven, and I think it, I think the spec currently says forty-eight bits for the timestamp. So so if you're thinking about in terms of bits, sixteen of bytes. bytes. Yeah, yeah. 16 so bytes. sixteen bytes or one hundred twenty-eight bits. 48 of those are reserved for the timestamp component. And there's a little bit about uh, to specify the version, then 74 bits for the randomness. Now, naturally, in a, a UUID v4, you get all 128 bits for randomness. So there is less 
randomness possible in these ones by there, there may be collisions right or mm. just a slightly higher percentage chance of it right like right. it's not yeah it, we're still talking about a sig you know especially if you're talking about in your case the the chance of collisions is just basically zero which is why these right. are useful yeah even if we will have like 100 messages per second we will be fine yeah and, yeah exactly and, and we can generate the way, them on any server basically well clock uh, how how clocks are set will be a question of course but yeah yeah this is the ut <laughs> this needs to be utc right so this version 7 or uld or version 8 uh, version 7 and 8 they distinguish in precision right only right that was my understanding the, the idea is let's take timestamp let's generate regular uid and then or something like that and then produce a new uid the prefix of which will be not prefix first bytes of which will be corresponding to timestamp mm -hmm. so they will be sortable right if you you can order by and with very very high confidence you can say this corresponds to created at timestamp right and actually the interesting thing so so the postgres is on pause right waiting for rfc to be finalized i mean i i actually start started to doubt that postgres 17 will get it this idea to change name and just provide something uh not depending on the rfc is good but i guess consensus was not maybe not consensus but i what i saw from from these uh the postgres hackers mailing list uh, people decided to wait until the RFC. And it's not fully clear. I checked the status. It's still like for waiting for some reviews, but it's not fully clear when it will be finalized. So I guess Progress 17 will not have it. My experience with these things is it depends. If a couple of people get excited about this, if a, if somebody ends then, up needing it, if somebody commits it, they get a good, sorry, if somebody puts a patch together that can generally be agreed on and somebody else is willing to review it, it could get in, but it de it depends on a couple of people at least having yeah. the um, energy and uh, well. Focus I, I just to... remember Peter Eisentraut's comment that we should probably wait for standard, and Peter Eisentraut is very close to some standards, you know, like including SQL standards. So it's a very very important comment. I, I, my impression is that we're just waiting for RFC. But good news is that you can generate it on uh, any application code yourself yeah right? uh, there are many 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 uid or this uid ver version 7 if if rfc is not yet finalized it's very cold already version 7 you can do it and you can find on github a lot of stuff but you can also uh, generate it using plpg sql plpg sql yeah and additionally like and uh daniel verite i hope i pronounce I, sorry guys if i pronounce names wrong uh showed some proposal how to generate it using plpg scale and then i asked i'm just looking at the code i'm saying we don't need actually plpg scale here we can use it with regular sql function and then he answers yes just scroll down <laughs> the same github discussion that was github gist i see sql function it's quite simple and i just started to use it so i i, I used that function and I just generate UID v7 using small single function. That's it. But then the, the very big question, do we really need created at timestamp? If we have timestamp already present in this UID value, which is 18 bytes, and we don't need a very good precision, maybe we can extract timestamp back. 
And the answer is yes. I saw Andre's comment in PJSQL Hackers saying that the authors of the RFC proposal don't encourage it, extraction of UUID version 7 values, extraction of timestamp. But for partitioning, we actually need it. And also we need it if we want to just drop our created ad column, because why? We have created that right here. I'm not sure we do need it for partitioning. Like it, if maybe in time scale, the way you define a hypertable, but for example, if I set up a range partition using a, a ULID and I could tell it, if I prefix. maybe maybe yeah I could or maybe not even yeah. just prefix maybe exact UUID between these two UUIDs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. Yes, I, I'm. I'm in the context of my, my uh, particular recipe with timescale DB. Yeah. Right. And but timescale DB, of course, would like to have timestamp and and I created some recipe which looked quite weird, but it worked. But then a couple of timescale guys uh, provided good advice how to use it much better just saying time partitioning funk option when you create a hypertable timescale db hypertable and that's it and this funk function is our function which converts uid version 7 to timestamps and i strongly believe this is a very helpful function to have so we need to have it even if rfc authors think we don't need it i think we need it i i, I hear you we cannot have ranges yes but having this function is super helpful because I can reconstruct timestamp even with some not perfect precision. Timestamps are 18, uh, 16 bytes. UID version 7 is 16 bytes. We know yeah. not everything on those 16 bytes is related to a timestamp. You said like how, how many bytes? I don't remember. Already. More than half is random, yeah. Yes, so we lose precision. But I don't need... Uh, milliseconds uh, or sometimes Ooh, I'm, I'm that's a good point sometimes right that's a good point i am talking i'm looking i'm looking at the v7 spec i suspect v8 with more precision must yeah if you need better precision use v8 and have better precision uh, paying some extra storage costs and memory of course i don't uh, think it's I don't think it's, it i think it's still uuid format right so i don't think you do oh, pay those extra precision but i think you then get less why? randomness ah less randomness well, well fewer bits for random the random track, well yeah. i need to look at it then yes i only played with v7 and i decided mm -hmm. to use it but maybe i should look at v8 and understand trade-offs yeah interesting. well interesting. good to understand at least yeah yeah interesting so anyway you can take uid v7 right now generate it on application on using this sql function quite simple and then join this with timescale and have partitioning provided by timescale DB, which is like full automatic, very good. And that's great, right? And it's sortable and it's quite efficient. Yes, it's 16 bytes versus eight, but for timestamps, we also had a 16 bytes and we, I decided to not to create created that at all. Right. Yeah, you said, do we still need Why? created that? And then you answered yes, but you did. But I thought you were meant the other way around. So you mean now we don't need a created that uh, at all? Yeah, yeah, we can extract it Great. and that's it. So I don't need super precision in my case. It's just some messages mm -hmm. and I'm fine with even second precision. So, so yeah, it's a good question which precision I get for extracting from this UAD version 7. 
Well, there's an argument. There's an argument you could, if you're, if you don't care about the spec, you could invent your own version that only goes down to a second position and get even more random. Like you could, you can play with that a little bit and uh, adjust the function and feed it to time scale and so on. Yeah, it's quite. This recipe is already showing all internals, right? It's it's pure SQL. <laughs> so we don't need uh, to, we, we can use it in any place, uh, in any Postgres flavor, RDS, Aurora, any, anywhere mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now. So that's great. Of course, in RDS, you don't have time scale DB, right? But you have a Ooh, new sharding right. Aurora uh, just released like a month ago or when. So yeah, I don't know. Like I'm excited to see us shifting from regular numbers to these IDs actually. Yeah. So it's good to see some numbers. Let's provide uh, yeah. some links to blog posts for those folks who want to explore overhead. Well, I think um, there's an interesting post by Branda that uh, I'll Exactly. Link this is one of them. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, but they also mentioned a couple of downsides of ULIDs, which I hadn't considered that I think is worth mentioning. And that, I, well, let's, let's talk about them quickly. One is that, well, there's naturally less randomness because we're taking up some of it with timestamps. We've talked about that one already. But the second one is you could end up provi- like producing a lopsided index. So if you have deleted data, we won't be, we won't reuse that space like sequential IDs. But in other UUID implementations, because they're more random, you would reuse that space. So we've got kind of a different bloat problem except if we partition, right? If we're partitioning and if we've got index maintenance, if we're dropping our partitions over time, we'll naturally get rid of that. But it's a good, I thought it was a really good point that there are some downsides to this always increasing ID as well. But they, they mentioned at the end of the blog post that they expected to go into the investigation very much on the side of using big serial or big ints everywhere. And actually they ended up thinking these ULIDs, or they called them performance-aware or intelligent UUIDs, which I thought was quite a nice phrase. Yeah, was their yeah, favourite approach. Now, I, I'm very sorry. You said in the end of his blog post, and I, I see pictures of the walk. I don't know how it's related uh, at all. At like, <laughs> by no, no, <laughs> a bit above that. Just at the yeah, end yeah, of the. Yeah, I, 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 I've got distracted. First of all, very good. Uh, title of the blog post identity crisis <laughs> <laughs> so id crisis but these yeah these pictures of san francisco bay area and walk down to pacifica yeah i know brander already heard one of our episodes and uh, highlighted my phrase on twitter when i was saying very good blog post but completely wrong <laughs> something like this i'm sorry not completely right okay and I was right, actually. I, I like speaking from experience. And now I must say, you should not put very good pictures of uh, 101 highway <laughs> because it's super distracting. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember that quote. I think it was, I think the words you used were something along the lines of great post, wrong conclusion. Uh, ah, yes, exactly. Right, right. And then, I, I, yeah, <laughs> that must be, I think there must be a second one as well, because I think at Crunch Data, credit to them, they listened to the one we were, where we were talking about random, random page cost and how it was still four, but they did some benchmarking and reduced it, I think, to 1.1, which is a much more like SSD friendly number. 
So right. maybe they listen to and, two episodes. And, and also, yeah, and also I also learned from this action, which was follow up. I also learned that one point zero probably is not better than one point one, which is interesting because they had numbers. Yeah, they had some numbers proving that one 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 point one better than one point zero. So this is super interesting. Next time I touch this area, I will pay attention to their numbers. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Were there any other posts or things that you've seen that uh, you wanted to draw people's attention to? I I don't know. There are many materials about it. I I don't I don't remember particular ones. Uh, let's 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 just put something for to show notes. It's interesting topic. Uh, I think very uh, very important for many, many, maybe everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. There's one. There's an outdated one by Christoph Petters that I thought was quite good, but then a more recent one by them as well suggesting that we think about it in two steps, the, the age-old UUID versus serial question, they suggested thinking, firstly, should our keys be random or should they be sequential? That's a like very good point. And it's, do you want them to be guessable? Do you want to be able to infer? Like, we Actually, we didn't talk about this, but if you're using ULIDs and someone can tell their ULIDs, they also get a little bit of extra information. They can tell when this idea was created. Is that a problem for you or not? Like the, these are the questions you need to ask yourself. So that's number one. Should they be random or should they be sequential? Do you and want to the, hide it, right? Yeah. And then yeah, the second yeah. one is, should they be 64 bits or should they be larger than that? And that's, that's a sec- second separate uh, question. But they, but I think Christopher, I want really them good. to be shorter, not larger. Well, okay. But, uh, sorry, bits. I, did I say bytes? I meant uh, his. Anyway, the point is how much randomness, like how much uh, entropy do you need, and that's mm-hmm. collision um, risks, basically. Yeah, but these two questions, they're, they're separate questions, and Christoph made a really good point that often they get conflated in these arguments between, like, pe- people that argue for UUIDs have, are arguing along one of these questions, and people that argue for big ints are, are just completely ignoring that question and going down a completely different question. So. I think yeah. asking both of those questions is important before picking your ID. We could, and, we could handle collisions, uh, maybe, I don't know, like maybe in, in certain conflict and just adjusting last, last bytes slightly on conflict, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just thinking like how to flood. But yeah, in terms of likelihood of collisions, I actually haven't done the math to ha- how many like how unlikely they are but i think i think they're pretty minuscule likelihood at least in most of the depends on on the volumes you're trying to ingest in your, in your database yeah of course so. yeah but anyway i think uh, next time we build new system we need to think should we use these like integer eight surrogate keys at all or maybe it's time for uid version seven version eight with partitioning like I actually, my response to my team was partitioning. Come on, like we know how to handle billion rows easily in one physical table. Let's just grow it until billion. And I said, no, no, no. Let's do like it's so easy. Like let's just do it normal in normal way. Okay, okay. We have partitioning. We have your your UID version seven modern approach. You know. Right. Well, but um, not chunk, last question. Maybe. Last question from me. What chunks interval did you go for, or what what partition size? Oh, it's a good question. I actually need to check because I remember for development, I think I I used uh, for experimentation, I used one hour chunks, very small, like tiny. Because I, I saw even to... smaller in your in your test setup. 
Well, maybe minute for just for testing, but yeah. eventually I think uh, it will be I don't know days or weeks, but it will be, it will be smaller chunks. Timescale DB is good with small chunks, a lot of small chunks. Oh, really? Not months. Well, maybe months actually. It depends. Actually, it depends. It's a good question. I need to reconsider it. We this I need to finalize, but we can adjust it over time as well. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you start off much longer and then. Yeah. yeah. Go smaller and smaller. Makes sense. Makes sense. It depends. If you want to test it in advance, how it works with big number of partitions, uh, chunks uh, of hypertable, you probably want to go small and find problems earlier. <laughs> it's, it's a problem when you want to go deeper, right? But yeah. if you're building a normal system, of course, uh, it makes sense. I think uh, the rule of thumb is, I, it's not about time scale. The rule of thumb is, except timescale partitioning uh, uh, for all tables which exceed 100 gigabytes, maybe actually 10 gigabytes. And mm. this rule of thumb, so to speak, was raised by several folks. I listen to them very well. Like they, they are, they, they words matter to me at, uh, at um, many, many, a, lot, a lot of sense. So why 100, 100 gigabytes, right? Why 100 gigabytes? Why? It's just like, okay, it's some empirical rule based on, for example, Alexander Kukushkin said, for, based on Zalando experience, it was 100 gigabytes. But then I realized I can build some theoretical basis and find better uh, threshold. So theoretical basis is how many transaction ID consuming transactions per second you have. Mm -hmm. For example, 100, right? So how fast you move consuming seeds, mm -hmm. right? And then... How long does it take for AutoVacuum uh, to process a single table? And also, how long does it take to create an index on the largest tables? Because when you create index, when you create index, you hold a spin horizon. Yeah. If it takes many hours, you have, for example, five hours to build an index on like five terabyte table. For example, mm -hmm. it's very arbitrary numbers, right? During which AutoVacuum cannot delete dead tuples from any table in your cluster, in your, dat in your database. And in, it means that if you have a lot of seed growth during this, you insert a lot of... So, so you can start comparing these numbers and understand this is... Okay, I, I need not to go more than like 100,000 seeds to be spent during index creation. And if you split your physical table to smaller physical tables, partitions or chunks in, in sense of yeah. time scale, index creation becomes faster. And autovacuum is blocked for a smaller period of time. But but a couple of other things, to, like a couple of other things I've heard being used for this are size of cache. Like how how what's your how many chunks do you want to be in memory? Like if you if you're if your memory is smaller than your most recent chunk size, that might not be optimal for performance. It might you might be better off with smaller chunks. Some of like some of the more recent ones more likely to be fully well, in memory. Yeah, I understand. And then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then another one. It's but it's very rough, rough, rough reasoning. I would say yes. But yeah. it's the other direction, right? It's like uh, yeah. one of them is encouraging you to do it earlier and earlier. And this one is actually, no, that one is in the same direction, isn't it? It's like earlier yeah. is better, but you can go too far. Like you could have too many, like, let's say you want to regularly query the last day, but that's going to involve querying 
24 partitions we've already talked right. in the past about problems right. when you query too many right. too many relations at the same time yes um, planning so, time and execution time and uh, log manager contention a yes. lot of stuff uh, happens if you have a lot of partitions and especially if each partition has a lot of indexes so yeah many many things to there's a trade-off obviously here but yeah time scale is very good with large number of partitions Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we we can go with like daily partitions. It's okay, and we cool. have cases. Uh, my colleagues have ca observed some cases where we have dozens of terabytes of data with daily partitions. Very small. Maybe not even daily. I don't remember details. Maybe some like eight hours partitions, ingesting like a lot of per second. Did so, they like, change locks. the? Remember when we talked about the lock manager issues with? Uh, not when you don't have partition pruning and lots of indexes on each partition do time scale like presumably that hard limit is still there in time scale as well 16 yeah yeah so you say it's really good with lots of partitions but if you're querying too many of them at the same time like if we're doing monthly reports um against 31 or however many days we're yeah. gonna bump into those limits right Definitely, but a monthly report is just a single query. The problem is when you have thousands of such queries per second. Then they start competing and the log manager uh, lightweight log contention ha is happening. If it's some not frequent. So question, second question to check is how many QPS you have. Yeah, yeah. So and if it's so like if it's low, dashboards or something, it's okay. if it's monthly yeah, reports, no, you're nobody, fine. But. Nobody says we cannot have more than 15 indexes on a table achieving 16 uh this fast fast path locking uh, threshold it's okay to to exceed it the only problem uh, when you need to exceed it a thousand times per second or yeah, more. yeah yeah cool right okay. any last words on this one no it was i think it was good uh i'd like a lot of things to understand and uh, play with. And I think uh, I, I encourage folks to look at these new versions of UID, if not yet. Does matter, maybe, by the way, does it matter when we, where we generate it on application on, or on database? I think the only risk is time zones. Or clocks can be off. Yeah, true. If they're off by seconds, then it will be going to different database pages. Yeah, it won't and, be. And also, bad. order will be broken. Yeah, so I guess it matters a bit. Yeah, I prefer generated on Postgres database side, but uh, interesting question, pros and cons of, of database versus application side. Anyway, I think Postgres eventually will have a UAD version 7. Not sure if for 17, but I, it should be for 18 at least. Only a couple of years of waiting, but we don't need to wait. And we know now how, how to use both uh, this new type of UID and partitioning, timescale DB or any other. Yeah, good. Nice one. Well, thank yeah. you, Nikolai, and catch you next week. Thank you, bye.